Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to a new episode of Get Real with Casey Kasem, the podcast taking a look behind the scenes of the fantasy sports industry through interviews with some of your faves in the biz. For this episode, I had the pleasure of sitting down with Ken Moody, co-founder and CTO of Dynasty League Football and technology manager for BetSports Media and Technology Group. My conversation with Ken was awesome, and we talked about the backstory of DLF, the different ways people can create and share content, the fantasy football community, what SEO is all about, disc golf and bowling, and a great deal more. Please make sure you're following Ken on Twitter at DLF underscore Ken M. You can follow me on Twitter at DKCKSum and the podcast at GetReal underscore pod. This podcast is a proud member of the DAP Network. And now, here's my conversation with Ken Moody on Get Real with Casey Kasem. All right. <laughs> we are good to go. I'm so excited for this interview because I'm about to learn some stuff myself. A lot of stuff, because I'm not really sure what our guest, Ken, here has to offer, but I know that it's all awesome stuff. So uh, before we get started do, doing a deep dive into what Ken Moody's got going on, we're going we're gonna to start with a simple, simple, simple question, which is, when you first found fantasy football, do you remember when and, and why you started playing? Uh, yeah. Um, hey, Casey, by the way, thanks for having oh, me on. Yeah, really, yeah, yeah. really we excited to be to here. This and um, just get ahead of myself. Yeah. You know, I have uh, I am just a touch older than you and uh, I've been playing fantasy football since uh, early 90s is when I started. And back then, when I first started playing, it was totally old school newspaper, maybe an Excel spreadsheet if you were really fancy and um, uh, played a little bit uh, in those early years. And then around i think 96 or so uh i found the first online fantasy football website at the time it was called sandbox that was later acquired by yahoo and i think that became the basis for their yahoo fantasy football platform uh but man that changed everything when i started you know like with so many people once you started uh you're able to play online and draft online and trade players and do all that stuff i mean it just took off so i was really hooked after that and uh just never stop since. Never stop since. And that's the way to go about it. That's the way to go mm, about it. Yeah. So growing up, were you into sports growing up? Did you have a favorite team or player or anything like that? Yeah, I was. I grew up in San Diego. And so uh, I was a, um, uh, a relentless San Diego Chargers fan. Um, an unfortunate one, too. Because, <laughs> uh, I mean, there are a lot of really uh, a lot of years of, of extreme mediocrity being a Chargers fan, just uh, intermixed with years of just absolutely gutting your heart with, you know, uh, losses that shouldn't have happened and all that other stuff. So uh, that started my um, sports fandom is uh, just rooting for the Chargers. Uh, and it kind of grew from there. I'm now actually probably a even bigger um, college basketball fan. Um, with the Chargers, when the Chargers were moved out of San Diego to LA, uh, I kind of cut ties and didn't burn any jerseys, but hung them up and haven't put them on again since. And, um, you know, I still, it's kind of a weird relationship because I still, uh, I don't hate the Chargers. I like the players. I like the coaches. I like, uh, you know, I like the team, but, uh, it's just hard to root for a team when, you know, you have all of this history and it gets undermined. And especially if, you know, if anyone who lives in the San Diego area for the team to get moved to Los Angeles of all places, that was just uh, like a knife in the heart. So um, not really a, a Chargers fan since then, but in a way it's been kind of liberating because now I'm just like, you know, I'm going to root for whatever team strikes me as interesting and fun. So uh, it's kind of opened up the doors and I'm less, I'm definitely a lot less stressed out during the season. That's for sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm guessing. I can't even imagine. That's something that I haven't even asked anybody yet that's been a Chargers fan, like, or that was a Chargers fan. There's the first one to say you were a Chargers fan. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I, thinking about that and being in Dallas, ooh, I can't imagine. But <laughs> um, so when you were growing up, did you have a specific dream as to what you wanted to be when you grew up or like a career path that you wanted to go down? Uh, not really. I mean, I was always kind of a nerd. I played with computers from a young age. And so, um, I got into playing around with computers and then got into it and networking. And then, um, you know, I never really envisioned a career in anything to do with sports. Cause I was definitely not athletic, uh, by a long shot. And, uh, 
So in the mid nineties, I, I started playing around with the web stuff and built up my first website in 96. And I was hooked on that. Um, and just have been and doing web stuff ever since. Uh, and that's kind of what eventually led to the whole DLF thing. So before DLF, DLF, let's go back and just kind of retrace those steps. What, what was the process leading up to DLF? What were you, you started that first website. What exactly were you doing at that time prior to DLF? Um, well, the first few websites I started were just personal websites, playing around with HTML, figuring out how all this stuff works, um, and then doing some website work for the companies that I worked at. Again, I was in, in IT, in an IT role, and so uh, I started doing some work for you know my employers at the time, working on websites and doing that kind of stuff, um, and that eventually you know, built up some skills and some confidence to, you know, create websites for a business and to go into the DLF stuff. We, I was, uh, you know, in a dynasty league, my first dynasty league I was in started in, I want to say 2003 and, um, uh, still going to this day. And it was with, uh, two of the guys in that league were the, two of the guys that started DLF with me, um, Jeff Averlack and King Kelly, we were all sitting around watching football one day, late 2005, early 2006, and talking about how difficult it was to find dynasty fantasy football information anywhere at the time. I think at best football guys had a little bit of dynasty content every now and then, but that was about it. I mean, you just couldn't find it anywhere. And so, uh, you know, we were literally watching a game, talking about this, going, well, I can build a website and uh, Jeff and Ken Kelly are good writers and they knew fantasy football and dynasty really well, better than I do. And, uh, and so, yeah, we just literally scribbled some ideas on top of a pizza box and I uh, took the hit lid home and looked up some domain names and figured some stuff out. And DLF was launched shortly after that. That it's great to hear the backstory of DLF. I know that's one of every most dynasty players go to spot is over there. And you guys were kind of ahead of the game with the dynasty. When did you, find out that dynasty fantasy football was even a thing and that it was growing. Um, first in like 2003, when we started the league, I think it was Ken Kelly who said, Hey, you know, there's this new league format for fantasy football because we've been playing in redraft leagues for, for years together. And, uh, and so he suggested we try this new dynasty format. I'd never heard of it. Um, didn't know anything about it and really, really sucked the first few years, uh, as a result, but it was, um, it was, it was great. Cause I mean, it just like changed entirely how you played fantasy football. And, and so from that point, I was really excited about dynasty and, and doing something in that space and um, really trying to, like I said, when we saw this opportunity there, wanted to build a community or a space for people to come together and talk about it. And so when we built the site, the first thing that I uh, created on the site was our DLF forum. It was, it's an old school PHP BB forum, um, nothing fancy, but it was a place for people to get together and start talking about dynasty and sharing ideas. And honestly, part of me was like, you know, I don't know where this thing's going to go or what it's going to do, but if I can get a bunch of people who really know about this dynasty fantasy football thing onto this forum talking about it, maybe I can actually learn something. Cause, um, man, that would be great to get some tips from people who actually know what we're doing. Cause I didn't know, are we doing it right? Are there other rules out there? We didn't really know that much about dynasty at the time, uh, other than no one else was talking about it. And we really loved it. And how did the name dynasty league, I know you were, you were talking about brainstorming, but how did dynasty league football become the go-to that name? name? Um, mm -hmm. how do we land on that? I think we were just kicking around a few different ideas and, um, I wanted, I knew a little bit about SEO at the time. And so I wanted to make sure that there are certain keywords in the title. And so like, for sure, Dynasty Fantasy Football. I think we might have looked at DynastyFantasyFootball.com, but it was already taken. And so we were just like playing around with name combinations after that. And um, I, I I don't know why we didn't do Dynasty Football League, D-L-F, D-F-L, which one might have sounded, made it, would have sounded a little better. But, um, but we, I don't know, we just landed on this and all liked it and went with it. 
right, like DLF flows nicely. So really? nice. Okay. Yeah, I like DLF, DLF, I've, DLF. So I've had some friends who I've given shirts to, and they're like, you know, my my family members have commented on DLF, and not not in the context that you might think. And so maybe <laughs> I don't wear that shirt so much anymore. I'm like, well, I never thought about that, but. Um, <laughs> No, no, no. It's all dynasty guys. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You brought up community and, and yeah. having a spot for the community to, to be able to navigate and go to the importance of the fantasy football community. How important is that to your brand and to the brand of DLF? Oh, it's everything. I mean, that's really what we set out to do from the beginning and um, continue to really strive for even now is is building community and building connections because ultimately that's really the best part about fantasy football and dynasty in particular is just building those building those um relationships with people uh and leagues and friends and and uh, not just community in the sense of the people who are coming to the forum or coming to the site and connecting and doing all of that but also uh among the people who help create content at DLF. You know, we wanted to get people in here who, you know, really got along, really enjoyed this and, and got along well together and were good people. Um, I mean, that's been like, uh, one of the most important things we have stressed over the years is as, as more people have kind of started working and doing stuff at DLF, we really, really valued and placed a premium on quality people, good people and kind people. And, um, we've had some individuals who have been super productive and and uh, maybe well recognized in social media or something, but um, didn't always work out because they weren't always super nice people. So I think community and just building that sense of community and building those relationships is really at the heart of what we've always tried to do. And with the community as well, there's other resources out there. And I think it's really cool that DLF links a bunch of those sites and a bunch of the different tools that people can use to help them out with their dynasty journey. So um, when you look at quote unquote competitors or whatever, do you look at them as competitors or do you look at them as, you know, these additional resources are a little bit, bit of both? A little bit of both, I guess. I mean, it's hard as you get bigger and monetize and are trying to carve out a space in this, in the industry, it's hard to not look at, um, other businesses, other entities as competitors. But for the most part, I think we really do like to, you know, again, in the community, like to point people to good stuff. I mean, we're not, mm -hmm. we're not the only ones out there creating good stuff. And so if we see good stuff out there and it's worth sharing, then yeah, we want to, you know, we want to help people find that. And they're, and now more than ever, man, there are so many people who are creating cool things, cool resources. It seems like almost weekly I'm finding something new, either in fantasy or dynasty football that you're just like, wow, this is a cool tool that some dude spent five months building, you know, and it's pretty awesome. So, yeah, you know, we like to help people find that kind of stuff. For people who don't know who you are or what exactly you do with DLF, you you brought up how you guys started it, but what is your role with DLF and what exactly do you do? I know that there's a lot to it, but what exactly if you were to put it in a nutshell? Um, yeah, I will say there is a lot to it. I mean, we <laughs> had no idea what we were getting into when we started this. And there's just so there's so many moving parts to all of this now. Um, but over the years I've I've always kind of like said, I'll do basically anything but create content. I, I don't do the research. I don't know fantasy football that well. Um, it's the business of fantasy football that I love and building a business in fantasy football. I love that way more than fantasy football itself. So uh, my my role is primarily a technology one now. Um, and, and all of this has changed over the years. I mean, when we started, we were all just, you know, it was just like the three of us. So we all we all had our hands in everything. Um, but as we started to grow and get bigger, we had to kind of like partition our responsibilities a little bit more and each take different roles. And mine really grew into more being um, the technology manager uh, of DLF. So building and maintaining the site and the tech and the tools and all of that, um, as well as, you know, business relationships, partnerships, um, and, uh, and really, I mean, honestly, it almost anything other than content creation, I, I touch to some degree or another. 
Have you ever created content? Uh, I think I've, I mean, I've created some articles, but they're all really just like about the site or new offerings or something like that. Not, not analysis. Let's put it that way. I don't do, I don't do fantasy football <laughs> analysis well at all as Ken Kelly or Jeff or anyone who knows me would readily attest. I, <laughs> if you were to ask, I mean, I, 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 anything I know, I know because I'm reading the site, you know, so. For people who have this idea that they also want to, they've been working on this for a while. They want to put out content. They want to have a website. They want to make a brand of it. What is, if you were to look back, what's the first thing that you think a person should look at when they're wanting to put this all together? Well, especially now, I mean, there, there are, are so many opportunities now available to everybody to somehow um, carve out a role in a space in this industry and to do something that is unique and interesting. Um, I mean, just this example of what you're doing right now here is really cool and unique. And, uh, you know, it just wasn't an option back in 2006. So now there are so many opportunities to find new ways to contribute and create content and, and do interesting things. The flip side of that is the challenge that there are so many people doing that now. It's it's harder than ever to um, break through some of the noise. Um, but I would say if you were looking to start out and do something new on your own, first and foremost, just be true to yourself. Figure out what you really are passionate about. What do you enjoy doing? And what's going to motivate you to get up every day and want to do this again? Um, because that's, um, I mean, that's... <laughs> easily the most important piece is you gotta, you gotta love what you're doing. And, uh, and so figure that out. And then from there, figure out what you can do in that, that is maybe a little different than what everyone else is doing and bringing to the table. How, what can you do to put your own spin and your own personality on that? Um, and, uh, what can you do a little bit differently than what's already being done? Um, and that's harder. That's easy said, easily said, it's harder than ever to find that space because again, so many, People are creating so many cool things out there, but um, sometimes just, you know, finding a way to put yourself out there that is not just fun and that you're passionate about, but that is genuinely authentic uh, to who you are, that is critical. Agreed. That is very critical. Uh, and you've been a part of the fantasy industry for a while. So when you're looking at it, how has it changed over the years? What And what are some of the biggest changes that you've seen throughout the years? Uh, easily some of the biggest changes I've seen are the different ways that people can actually create content and, and share that. I mean, with, uh, you know, with podcasts and then video and YouTube and social media and, um, and Patreon. And, and there are just so many avenues now where you can create something, even if it's just like one tiny thing, even if it's just one tool, that's a really, really good tool. Uh, you can do that now so much more easily than you ever could when we started. Um, I mean, when we started, our, the, the site that I built was just like this hand-coded HTML basic crappy site. And since then, we've you know long ago moved to WordPress. WordPress is um, an amazing platform for sharing information. So if you're thinking about going a website route, I would encourage you to try WordPress. Um, it's uh, definitely the the best mechanism for building and, and publishing a site out there. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's just so many opportunities for creating and sharing content now that weren't there before. And and I think a another piece of this that has come from that is that, especially in the last, I think, five, seven, eight years, there is such a wealth of diverse and interesting, not nerdy white dude people doing this now, um, like it used to be way back then. I mean, it was really, it was like when we started, it was just this cross section between football fan and I don't know, like D and D player or something. Right. I mean, it was just like, <laughs> it was a very specific group of people who were interested in fantasy football and it started to grow from there. And I think in addition to, the audience for that growing, the um, the opportunities for people to contribute content in different and unique ways has broadened the industry in in a way that has just been awesome and cool and um, uh, super good for everybody. And you mentioned audience and growing that. With 
when and that there's an audience out there for you, how do you go about what's the best way maybe or one ideal way of promoting what kind of content you have or what your site is or so on and so forth? How how to get the word spread on that? I would say social media, Twitter is probably the best way to at least get a foothold. Um, uh, I mean, I think we've seen a number of uh, uh, a number of sites and services and people come onto the scene relatively quickly because of social media and Twitter. Um, increasingly, video is important. TikTok um, that can prove to be a really effective way of of getting your identity or brand out there. Um, but I would say, yeah, for sure. Twitter is the definite starting point. And DLF has grown so much. We've talked about that, but it has grown so much from the beginning to where it is now. How are you, how are you all able to grow the site the way that you did? <laughs> that was a challenge because I mean, <laughs> all of us were, uh, you know, initially it was the three of us, myself, Jeff and, and Ken Kelly. Um, and then we brought, uh, Eric Dickens on board to help manage some different things, I think in around 2011 or so. And then Ryan McDowell was brought on as a fifth owner partner around 2015 or so. And, um, and for all of us, we all had day jobs. We all had families, uh, other things going on in life. And so DLF was completely and entirely this side gig that we did on top of everything else, otherwise super busy lives. And so it was um, always a struggle to try and find the time to do DLF well, right? And as we got bigger, it became more difficult. And so, um, so yeah, over the years that that has become increasingly challenging. And it finally got to a point where, uh, you know, a couple of years ago, we started talking about, okay, this isn't sustainable. You know, one of us or, or more than one of us will have to pivot to full time in order to really keep this going. Because it's just, it just felt like, we all had two full-time jobs plus busy family lives. Yeah. The balancing it all out is yeah. one of those things that a lot of people come and ask me about. They, they put, you know, I get DMS all the time, like how, and I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> Can I ask you how much, how much time do you put into this every week? Man, too much. Um, no, I, put, <laughs> I don't know. I put, I record like this week I'm recording three episodes. So that's yeah. about an hour and a half or hour, 15, hour and a half. Plus I do research prior to that. So, well, I don't know, 30 minutes, an hour on that, but yeah. this depends. And uh, I don't know. I, I, sometimes I can get it done real quick and sometimes mm -hmm. it just takes me forever. I just can't get yeah. the motivation to get it done. Yeah. And I know oh, that. Yeah. <laughs> so I would say, I don't know, too much. My wife would say way too much. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. And yeah. and finding that balance, like you said, is really difficult, especially when, I mean, look, I mean, we, we did DLF for like, I want to say six years before we even made a dime. I mean, we were like throwing money into this thing for a long time and throwing our time into it. And yeah, I mean, that's a strain on your families and your relationships and your jobs. And so, you know, it has to be, uh, uh, passion project it has to be something that you really love doing, which is what I said earlier. So, um, yeah, it's, it's tough finding that balance, especially early on. Yeah. <laughs> especially early. I'm still trying to figure it out. And <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to, but you know, this, yeah. this will be our 70 something episodes in and Dang. I've been getting that advice, That's awesome. but I still, thank you. But you know, I'm just like out here trying to learn, trying to take it all mm -hmm. in from you guys and gals. And it's, we're working on it. And, th and that's the thing too. I mean, that's, that's a good point because I don't think the learning ever stops. Right. I mean, right. I've nope. been doing this for freaking, I don't know, 18 years or whatever. And, and, uh, it's, you still learn stuff every day in part because things continuously change, but also because there are, you know, there are always people out there who, uh, know more than you do and know something you didn't have a different perspective on things that is enlightening. So, yeah, I mean, if you're not always learning, then you're falling behind, you're doing something wrong. Yes. And uh, this podcast, I started it because I wanted to learn because I thought I wanted to do like fantasy content. Right. And I mm -hmm. was doing fantasy content. But then I decided that I like this. This is my niche. This is what I like to do. So yeah, there you go. And, and I can balance it easier when I don't have a deadline. So yeah, when you have deadlines, you have to have things done by a certain time. How do you balance that? And how do you make sure that you are on time with the stuff that you need to have done? Well, uh, so we, 
the situation, my role changed uh, quite a bit um, a little over a year ago uh, in that I did go full-time and in part because of DLF being acquired by Betsperts, it enabled me to leave the day job in IT and focus on doing this full-time. Um, and that just gives you a lot more bandwidth and flexibility as far as being able to manage schedules and priorities. Because I, like I was saying, you know, a few years back, it felt like we were all working two full-time jobs. You barely had time to get stuff done. We would have, you know, great ideas about doing this or that or creating that tool and deadlines would pass all the time just because we just didn't have the time and the bandwidth to really execute on it. So, uh, it's hard when you're trying to juggle your regular life, a full-time job and this on the side. Um, so I don't know that I have any kind of solution for that situation other than just work hard and do your best and keep grinding and don't, don't sweat it. If you know, you're not hitting every deadline that you create for yourself, because realistically it's probably not possible. Um, so yeah, it's changed quite a bit. You brought up bet spurts. And so I kind of want to transition into that. How did that yeah. situation all come about? Sure. I mean, that's, it's been a wild journey because we, uh, you know, like I said, when we started DLF, we had no visions of creating something that was going to be monetized or making money off of it or doing it as a full-time job. It was just really just a passion project and fun. And, um, then, you know, at some point we, we got to a point around 2010 where, we had a, you know, shouldn't should or get off the pot meeting, right? Because we were like not making any money on this. We were putting money and time into it. Nothing was coming from it. And so we decided, okay, are we going to really pursue this or are we just going to let it, are we just going to shut it down and call it good? And obviously we decided to uh, pivot into a more like thoughtful and um, business-like approach to doing what we were doing. And that led to, you know, site redesign and WordPress and uh, a few years later, a paywall and monetizing and subscriptions and and all of these other things. And so um, through all of that, we began to grow and grow. And as I said, we started getting busier and busier and and it was great. It was a lot of success. It was a lot of fun. But we also could see that, you know, what we were doing wasn't necessarily sustainable. So either one of us is going to have to one or more of us go full time or maybe, you know, somebody might be out there interested in acquiring us. We had several rounds of discussions with people who approached us about uh, acquisition um, over the years. And uh, none of them worked out, were a good fit, offer wasn't quite right. Um, they're just, it just never really panned out uh, until um, 2021. Uh, Betsperts acquired, we, we had been close friends with and, and, and working partners with 4 for 4 fantasy football for a long time. We always supported each other, referred people to each other's sites. We just, our, our teams got along great. They're really super nice guys. Um, and so it was a very complimentary relationship. They were acquired by Betsperts in the summer of 21. And when uh, the CEO of Betsperts, Reed Rooney, asked them, so, hey, look, if there was another site that we were going to add, would there be anybody you would recommend? And they suggested us. And so uh, Reed and Austin, the CFO, reached out to us, talked to us, and um, again, it was like all of these things coming together right at the right time where we needed to do something differently. We needed to have more bandwidth to put time into this. Um, and by in, in talking with Betsperts, they they understood us. They really like got what Dynasty was about, how it could fit in with what it was they were doing. And they were willing to give us the the freedom to run DLF as we see fit, right? They didn't come in and just like change everything overnight and say, okay, now we're doing this and we're not doing that. And uh, we've had a lot of, um, a lot of freedom to really run DLF as we always have, which is huge. And, um, and so, yeah, I mean, that's given us the, the freedom to do a lot more. We were able to leverage some of the resources that a larger organization like Betsperts would bring to the table, like development talent, um, and, uh, and, um, just, just some other resources that'll, and SEO resources. I mean, I was always the SEO guy and I kind of had a, you know, decent idea of what I was doing, but Betsperts has a guy on full-time staff who is an SEO genius and, and he's helped us out quite a bit. And so there are just all these other resources that we were able to leverage. And, and now, I mean, look at this, now we're working side by side with four, four team who, we always got along great with. And so that's been a lot of fun is just to like finally 
have this coworker relationship with these people who we always liked and respected. Yeah, that's super rad to hear that. And 444, I'm a big fan of DLF, big fan of. So it's just hmm. a great, you know, great yeah. little fun fan. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you brought up SEO and you've brought it up a few times, but there, there might be some people out here that don't know what that's all about. What exactly is SEO? I mean, sure. for the people out there that don't know, and then kind of some tips of the trade maybe that you have that Sure, sure. Yeah. SEO is search engine optimization. And so um, I think with most any site, most of your traffic is going to come through Google searches, people looking for something and hopefully finding your site and clicking on your site and, and getting to you there. And so optimizing your site to place well in searches in Google is uh, just hugely critical to to the success of any site. And, and it's... Um, and it can be challenging depending on how competitive certain keywords are, like just in the general fantasy football space. Uh, good luck, because I mean, there are so <laughs> many people who are, you know, big players, big entities who have teams of SEO specialists working on the site and doing everything um, really well. And so trying to break into just like a mainstream fantasy football SEO search keywords thing is, is going to be difficult for sure. Um, but uh, but. That's why, you know, sometimes it's advantageous to find a certain niche or or thing on in fantasy that maybe nobody else is catering to well. Uh, so SEO is really about just structuring your site, your pages, uh, the words on the pages, the titles of the pages, all in a way that are conducive to improving your results in Google search. And there are also a number of tools out there you can use to help with this. Uh, like uh, SEMrush or Ahrefs, or there's, there's a number of tools out there that you can find easily that will help with this. Um, and it's and it has to be a very like concentrated, deliberate effort to word everything in a very specific manner to do well without without like making it unreadable, right? I mean, it's still got to be engaging and interesting and fun without being just packed with a bunch of keywords. So um, so that's the challenge there. When it comes to putting out YouTube videos or podcasts or anything like that, when when you look at that kind of content, what stands out to you as the, wow, that knocks my socks off kind of content? When people are trying to put out content, what is something that they should be looking to do when they, when they put out content like that? Well, it's funny you mentioned video because that's really been a, a, a focus of ours recently, um, our YouTube channel and, um, short form video, vertical video, which is, you know, like uh, TikTok, that kind of stuff. Um, YouTube shorts, that's, that's been a focus of ours because there is just such a, uh, uh, not only a growth in consumption of video content over the last few years, but it's frankly just really interesting. It's fun. And so, um, you know, creating compelling video content is a lot harder than creating good written content. Um, it takes a certain skill set. It takes understanding some tools and how to use them well. So we've been blessed to have, uh, Addison Hayes on our team who has jumped in and really like taken over leadership of our YouTube channel and done a lot of really great things in a short period of time. And so he's, he's doing a good job there. Shout out also to Justin, who's helping out with the SEO on YouTube and, um, Connor, who's doing a lot of great work on TikTok videos. So just, I think the whole video I don't know if this is really answering your question, but just, uh, you know, there, there are videos that are really interesting and engaging and fun to watch, um, aren't too long, super informative. Uh, they move quickly, um, good graphics, good information in a short period of time. Those are always a pleasure to, to see and to find. And there's some people out there who are doing a really good job of that. Um, so we're just trying to trying to figure our way out through all of that as well. Yeah, I haven't even touched putting out any kind of video content because I'm like, ah, yeah, like you said, there's a, there there are steps to to that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but it's also too. I mean, it's like there's some videos that do really well that are just like you know you holding up a camera and talking and saying stuff, and yeah. and I think that goes back to the awesome authenticity thing. If you are really authentic and true to who you are, um, that that comes through in the video, and I, I think that resonates with a lot of people. Um, like, uh, gosh, an example. Lawrence Jackson. Um, I don't know if you, mm -hmm. when he first started, he, he made a few TikTok videos and, and short form videos 
uh, before the expo a couple of years ago and I saw him and I'm like, God, this dude is really good. I don't know what it is, but whatever it is, he's got it. And sure enough, I mean, he just like rocketed into a cool position at NBC and is doing great. And, and it, I mean, it all starts with just doing little videos and being authentic and being who you are. Right. I mean, he didn't have a lot of fancy editing going on. Um, so I think sometimes just, uh, um, allowing yourself to be fully you out there and, and put yourself out there and be, be authentic and be real, uh, get real, get real, um, hey. get real girl. And, uh, <laughs> and just, and I think that that can really resonate and you don't necessarily need to do a lot of like intense, hardcore editing on these videos. But no. it I, you know, when I have some free time, free time, which is not existent, right. but when I have free time, right. I want to kind of like just kind of dip my toes, not like go full fledged. But, you know, mm -hmm. it'd be fun. And like, you know, my, my questions have been all over the place. I know. Like you. No, you that's just, all right. <laughs> so, I feel like I've been all over the place. So that's no, okay. no, no. <laughs> By all means. And my questions get wordy and stuff, but you, you're taking me down a good path. So. Um, so. Let's look at not just the site, but just like fantasy in general, the community and everything. You brought up the expo and I know that I was at the expo last year and DLF shirts are being tossed around and everybody's having a good time and everything. Yeah. When you hear and see all of these different events that are out there, whether it be, you know, the official events or like just, you know, yeah, exactly. Or you have like the, even Scott Fishbowl is, is mm -hmm. a big community builder. Oh yeah. You've seen that kind of stuff from when you first started in the fantasy football space to now, mm -hmm. how did, how does your mind work when you think about that? Like how, what goes on in your head when you think about the explosion, the big groups of people and how forward fantasy football is right now. oh yeah it's just so cool because again i mean like at the beginning that's what we were talking about is community right i mean that's really mm -hmm. what it was all about is that's the best part of fantasy is like creating some friends in a league and staying in touch with them and 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 so that community is is essential it's the best part of fantasy football and so to see that grow in the way that it has is amazing i mean especially scott who uh you know he used to actually be a part of the dlf team he did some development for us and then he got hired full-time and scott fishbowl blew up and and uh, and what he's done with that is just freaking amazing. I mean, it's just so cool to see the live drafts happening now. Yes. Uh, you know, these different divisions all over the world and people playing. And and um, it's it's that's like the best part of community. And, and again, I think so much of that happens because it originated with Scott, who is a really, really good dude and just a nice guy. And so I, I think all of that uh, just just resonates. And it's it's a, a cool way for people to be connected and and share an experience for sure yeah it's one of my favorite things about fantasy football and i never thought that i'd in a million years have all these friends all over the world that oh, yeah. <laughs> that oh, i met yeah. on the internet that have the same likes as me it's crazy yeah it is and that's that's been probably the best part of this whole experience for me and this whole trajectory is just making these relationships with people over the years that are lifelong friendships right and and um god i remember uh a few years back, I went to the FSGA conference for the first time and I finally met Scott Fish for the first time. And I'm like, dude, I, I feel like I know you so well, but we've never met. How weird is that? <laughs> and um, uh, so it's it's just those kinds of relationships are really cool. And that's yeah, that's that's what makes this so much fun. I, yep. I love it. And you guys, I know God, I look at the roster of people that you have over at uh, at the website DLF and. It's just like, oh, I'm friends with that person. I'm friends with that person. I know that person. Yeah, that you person's know, you awesome. Know Russ, yeah, Russ is my Russ is my homie. So yeah, <laughs> it was a guy I was gonna bring up, and I was like, wait, there's more though. Yeah. So yeah, so totally cool to see that with people who want to become a part of the fantasy industry. Maybe they don't want to do the the front of the you know the video and the front of the microphone kind yeah, of thing, yeah. right? what kind of resources are out there for people who want to get started and just don't know where to look? Yeah. I mean, it, again, that's kind of speaks to what, what are you going to be passionate about? Because starting your own site and creating your own business, whether it's, you know, a website or a YouTube channel, like Nick Arcolano, Nick Arcolano did or, or whatever it is, takes a lot of work. It's, it's mm -hmm. whatever amount of work you think it's going to be, it's going to be 10 times that. I mean, I guarantee you it's more work than you ever think. Um, so if that is not something that is of interest to you, then, but all you want to do is like jump in and have a voice and be a part of the community and contribute in some way. 
um, then, you know, being a part of a site somewhere is a good way to go because it gives you the freedom to create content and put it out there. Uh, you know, whether it's DLF or any other site that can be your megaphone out into the industry, um, to help you put your ideas out there to help you start creating some of these relationships with other people in the industry. Um, so, you know, I would say just, you know, figure out what it is you are excited about creating, whether it's writing or doing video or audio podcast, whatever it is, figure out what excites you. And then how can you do that for a site that you know and respect? Um, and, and I think the vast majority of, you know, people who are out there on, in, on, in fantasy Twitter and the fantasy space doing sites and stuff are good people. And, and, um, you know, it, it wouldn't, it, it may take some work to find uh, a site to start running your content. And it may mean maybe you do some content for free at first, just to kind of get your foot in the door. Um, but, uh, but those opportunities are out there. And I think if you just get in, get into the, you know, get into Twitter, get into social media, start making some relationships with people in fantasy Twitter and, and asking around and, um, you know, keep your eyes open for opportunities. We just, we just ran a writer contest. We, you know, every few years we'll run, um, we'll run something where we just like, Hey, if you're interested in writing, come and see us. And, and, and we're always interested in finding people who are new and bring something different to the table and are undiscovered. And, um, as well as people who might already be well-established. So, uh, I think the opportunities are out there. It just takes a little bit of footwork and, and relationship building to open those doors. And to have a website that has so many different writers with so many different personalities, but all very awesome content creators. When you have that many people um, and then you, you know, you're bringing in more is how does it feel to see people that come up in this industry through putting out content with you? Oh, with you. Crazy. Cool. I mean, that's, that's what I've always loved most about what I do on the site is like creating a platform that allows people to, grow and get their work out there and get recognized. That's to me is way more fun than creating actual content. And so um, it is very cool to see people who start out and then, you know, move on from us into their own roles, either their own sites or uh, at a larger site. I've always said, man, I would be so proud if, you know, one of one of our guys ended up on ESPN or something. I mean, that would be the coolest moment ever. So, um, so yeah, it's super gratifying to see people be able to uh, be a part of DLF, even if it means, and then leave us, even if it means moving on to something better, it's great to see them grow in that, in that passion of theirs. So that's, that's super satisfying. Is there anything that you've come across in the fantasy really been like a lifesaver, a hack, a, a helpful tool for you, anything, or something that you, once that caught on with you, you were like, oh man, this makes it so much easier for me to, to get my job done. Um, I would say uh, early on WordPress. I mean, it just made managing and just, you know, putting content out on a website so much easier. Um, <laughs> and, um, you know, I, I don't know. I can't think of any one tool really that like was a, a game changer for us um, uh, because there are so many tools that did specific things along the way, like video editing tools or uh, audio tools, audacity or something like that. You know, it, those are all really good tools. Something like Streamyard actually is, is a great, uh, great tool because now we can like have these conferences and these, and, and, um, do live video shows super easily interactive with an audience and not only have that live event, but then bang, you save it off to YouTube. And so, uh, I think some of those tools like that have been great, but man, there's so many out there. So many. Yeah, StreamYard has been. I when I first started podcasting, everybody said use StreamYard, so I use StreamYard. And then anytime somebody asked me to come on their podcast, and it's like we're gonna record on Zoom or something, I like oh, freak out, and I'm ouch. like, no. no. <laughs> no. So you know, uh, things come at you like that. Yeah, and and this tech it's always changing too. I mean, yeah. that's the thing is like they're. Um, you know, there's always some new service out there, a new tool that might be better than what we're using right now. Right. So just kind of keep your mind open to that. Yeah. I remember like Hangouts was a thing and then yeah. it was this and it's so on and so forth. So yeah, you have to kind of yeah. adapt with, is there been anything that you've had to like really adapt over the years because technology had changed so much when it comes to putting 
out content on the site, putting out things on the site and running the site? Um, hmm. Interesting question. I, I would say SEO really just yeah. kind of like trying to, to stay ahead of the curve there. Cause that's not mm -hmm. like a one-time thing. You do it and you're done. You're constantly tweaking and changing things. And so, um, that's always an ongoing challenge. Um, and, uh, you know, like application development, um, you know, I mean, there's, like I said, there's so many people creating really cool tools out there. And as, as we get bigger and we already have like a stable of these tools that we've already built. Now we're putting energy into maintaining those tools, updating those tools. Eventually something will break and we've got to fix that tool. And now somebody else created another tool out there that already does something that we did sort of, but now they do it better because it was just, you know, a guy with six months of time on his hands sitting at home and he created a really awesome tool. And so I think trying to stay relevant and continue offering quality tools and services to our audience um, as we grow is is a lot more challenging than you might think because it's it's uh, you know now like I said the more you have the more you have to take care of while you're also trying to continually build the next cool thing I was going to ask you if there was like a big misconception maybe that people have about the fantasy football industry I I I didn't know you have to update your SEO all the time. So that's, you oh, know, yeah. <laughs> so is there anything that maybe people don't know that is a bigger part of the process than what they think? Yeah. Just managing everything. I mean, again, there's so many moving parts as, as you get larger and, you know, you have more people part of the organization and contributing and doing things. Um, just kind of managing all of those moving parts, just the logistical part of it, the operational administrative part is really challenging and doing that well and communication i mean this is the thing that might i mean it's hard to answer every you know we use slack for communication internally hard to answer every slack message every email every twitter dm um i mean just communication gets increasingly challenging um the bigger you get uh but also just the tech stuff gets more complex and more time consuming um, thank goodness for, I mean, we have Mike McGregor on our team. He, he also has a, his own little, his own site that he runs called uh, draft buddy. Um, super good guy. Nice site. Go check it out. It's good stuff. Um, but, uh, he does development for us and, uh, he's been, you know, huge and being able to create tools for us and do some cool things for us, but he's also just one guy and, you know, again, managing and keeping all of this stuff up ends up consuming a lot more time than if you're just starting out fresh, trying to build one thing. So, um, yeah, that's definitely a challenge. Draft buddy has actually been a, a website that I also like to, hey, to awesome. check out a lot of, a lot of interesting and nice and fun tools and things. Mm -hmm. So yeah. What does your family think about this journey that you've gone through? <laughs> uh, it's been, it's been fun. It's been interesting because, you know, uh, my wife, was when we first started this, she was just kind of rolling her eyes like, okay, do your little fantasy football thing, whatever. Um, and that's where, you know, after a while it got to be like, okay, we're putting money into this. We're putting time into this. Is this going to be a thing? We decided to do it as business. And I was pitching the, Hey honey, you know, we might someday make a few thousand dollars off this thing. Woo. And, <laughs> uh, and she was also like rolling her eyes like, yeah, that's not going to happen. And, and, um, and over time, you know, with a lot of work and a lot of, a lot of perseverance, we were able to turn this into a viable business and grow it. And, um, and I think everyone's just been uh, really happy for us that we were able to take this passion project of ours and, and build it into to something real that is in, in a lot of ways positively impacted uh, a number of lives. Because it's like all these people now who are part of the DLF team who have become connected to each other in lifelong relationships and friendships, um, all that hap wouldn't have happened if that one day we decided, nah, let's hang it up and turn off the lights, you know? I mean, so uh, I think that's the thing that has been, you know, I know our family, my wife and, and others around us, her friends have been like most um, impressed with is the fact that we were able to continue to grow it into a real business and, and one that would uh, have a positive impact in, in so many different ways. Do people, do they hit you up? Even though you don't write articles and put out content, do you have friends or family members who ask you, can you give me the inside? Can you give me some fantasy football advice? 
Um, yeah, sometimes, but not a lot. Uh, you know, most of my family members and friends that I know who play fantasy football were like usually in leagues together. So, um, you know, I'm not going to exactly give them any hot tips on how to beat me in our leagues. <laughs> so, uh, so I don't get a lot of questions on that from them, but, um, uh, but you know, occasionally and, and probably more on social media, somebody might, you know, see my handle or my relationship with DLF and think that I might actually know what I'm talking about. And usually I just end up referring them over to Ryan McDowell or, or somebody, cause those are the guys who know what they're doing. I like to ask people what types of fantasy, fantasy leagues they like, what format I'm obviously I'm guessing dynasty is probably your favorite. Yeah. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and uh, but I'm probably in a lot less leagues than, you know, most other people in the industry. Um, I'm in, I think, three dynasty leagues, one keeper league. And then then on any given year, I'll probably be in three or four redraft leagues, including Scott Fishbowl. Um, so, uh, so, you know, it's not a ton of leagues. And I've kind of found my happy point of, you know, how many leagues can I handle in a year and manage well? Because if I get over eight or 10 leagues and I'm just like, it's no longer fun and I don't do well and I can't track who's on what team. Right. So that's, that's <laughs> about my, my, the number that I can handle well. Um, so I, I enjoy all the different formats. I like, I like redraft leagues for a variety of reasons and, and, um, and the keeper league and the dynasty league. I mean, they're all, they all bring something different to the table. Are there any rules or settings that you're a fan of or something that you don't like? Um, see i'm i can't i you know i tried idp i really did it's just it's just not in my wheelhouse so i have a hard i struggle with idp leagues though that's the dynasty league i've been in the longest is an idp league um but uh um that's probably one thing that doesn't really resonate with me the the leagues that i have tried that have been a lot of fun ryan mcdowell has some crazy leagues like the kitchen <laughs> sink league stuff where there's a bunch of different rules and um and uh, he runs in a uh, sniper active league where it's like it's got kind of like an eliminator league. And and you get to take, you know, players off of other people's teams when they come in last. And so kind of really crazy league uh, rules like that are fun because they keep it interesting. And it's different, you know, so that kind of stuff is always fun to try something out different every year. Do you watch football or oh, yeah. are you one of those? OK, so how is watching if average Joe is, or me is sitting down and watching football with you. Like how is a typical day of watching football with you? Or Oh, uh, you know, like I said, I, that's why I'm not an analyst. Cause I I'll have it on. <laughs> I'll watch, you know, part of a game or a whole game. Usually I have red zone on. So I'm watching the fun stuff. And, and, uh, usually while I'm doing other things, I might be working or have it on in my garage or whatever. And, and, um, you know, occasionally I'll sit down for a full game, especially as we get to the playoffs. That's a lot more fun. So, uh, yeah, it's just I, I I enjoy those games now more than ever because one I'm not rooting for a specific team I'm just enjoying rooting for different teams and different players and different coaches um, and um, just kind of just taking the games in and, and enjoying them for what they are so that's that's the other thing too it's like you know as much as I like fantasy football I enjoy the game of football as well and uh, I would never root for, you know, some unfortunate thing to happen to a team or to somebody just for the sake of fantasy. It's like, you know what, go out and, and, uh, I want to watch a good game. I want everyone to come out of it healthy. I want, want it to be fun and, um, and, and just enjoy it. Cause that's, that's, what's fun about sports is just enjoying the game. Did you, or do you have a favorite player right now? Um, <laughs> <laughs> weirdly enough probably jimmy garoppolo just because oh, yeah. i've been rooting for him to get like a real full-time starting job for so long now i'm just like go jimmy g and and the oh what's her name that does the drawing jimmy every day until he's traded uh thing the you know those images yeah um that is so oh my god <laughs> when he didn't get traded i'm like oh my gosh man you're gonna be drawing this forever for so hopefully ever. she can be done soon but, uh <laughs> weirdly probably jimmy g but also you know um uh yeah you know like um uh, trevor lawrence i'm kind of rooting for him um just because he's coming on and doing good and and uh Mahomes is just a, a freak he's super and and so yeah i don't really have a really favorite player i guess just a, a number of guys who i really like to root for 
Perfect. <laughs> what do you like to do in your free time when you do have free time? Um, when I do have free time, I uh, sometimes will play some disc golf, not as much as I used to and nowhere near as well as I used to. Uh, do a little mountain biking, road biking, getting into that a lot more lately. Um, my my son's actually quickly become a very good bowler. And so he's kind of getting me into bowling a little bit more. Uh, but just, you know, kind of getting out and doing stuff like that. And then traveling, you know, my wife and I are hopefully going to be doing a few more trips as our kids are getting older, going out on some trips and and seeing some things a little bit more than we used to. So yeah, that kind of stuff. When you're bowling <laughs> in one game, how many strikes would you oh say? Oh, my God. If I, if I get two or three <laughs> strikes in the game, that's huge. Yeah, that would be great. So, yeah, my, my son, not to brag on him too much, but he actually has bowled a verified perfect game. Wow. And that was, that's pretty phenomenal that anybody can do that. It's yeah. crazy. Disc golf. I've got a lot of people that I know that love playing disc golf and, <sighs> and yeah. And they're like, Oh, I haven't got out there in a while and I need to get out and I need to do that. Do you, do you go to different courses? Do you have a specific course you like to play? Um, I grew up in San Diego playing Morley field out there in San Diego. And that's the course that I played the most. And that's when I was like really into it and playing it, you know, multiple times a week. Uh, I now live in the Portland Metro area. And so there are some, there are a few courses around here that I go to regularly. Um, when I do play, uh, uh, but, um, but yeah, we're lucky to have like, I'd say three really good courses in the area that, that are fun to play and, and worth going to even, even if one of them's like a, 45 minute drive to get there. It's, it's totally awesome out in Estacada. So yeah, there's a, there's a few good courses around here. And like I said, I don't play it nearly as much as I used to. Um, but, uh, it is always fun, very satisfying just to hear that chink of the disc going in the basket. So if you haven't tried it yet, definitely give it a shot. I tried it before, but <laughs> like for like tw two times. And I was like, yeah, I don't know. When, when I first played it, <laughs> honestly, when I first played it, my friends drug me out there and I did two yeah. or three games. I was terrible. And I'm like, this is the worst thing ever. I hate <laughs> disc golf. I never want to do this again. But then, you know, a few games later, it got less sucky and finally got, got a handle on it. And so it ended up becoming definitely a passion. But yeah, I get it. Like the first few times you play it, oh, it's brutal. Yeah. But I like watching people play yeah. too. So, you know, I'll go cheer on my friends. Mm hmm do you have an issue when people call it frisbee golf or fall or anything like that? <laughs> nah, whatever. Call nah. it whatever you want. Anyway. <laughs> I mean, that's not technically right. But yeah, whatever. it's not technically right. But I'm you, not, you... not going to be the disc golf police. So just call it whatever you like. <laughs> so is there a talent or something that you wish you were good at that you're not good at that would just be like super cool to be a master of? Um. Video editing, podcasting, that kind of stuff. I wish I was better at that, um, but uh, it's just never been a strength of mine. And you know, you know, you've got to got to know yourself and be true to yourself. And so that's fine. It's not what I'm really good at, but yeah, something like that would be really cool. Being able to you know edit and create and and be the talent on some of these videos and podcasts and shows um, instead of uh, creating the platforms for them. But that said, I really really love what I do in creating those platforms and creating those distribution channels for people to kind of put their work out there. So, um, so yeah, maybe a little bit that. Not like dunking a basketball or something like that. On, oh, on like that. Oh. I mean, no, no, no. Um, I mean, by all means, we're talking fantasy <laughs> industry. So of um, course, but I'm, is there anything uh, other than in the fantasy industry that you would be like, wow, that'd be super cool to be able to do a uh, bowl perfect game, uh, be better at disc golf. <laughs> do, like uh do like ride some really gnarly black diamond mountain biking trails without killing myself that would be fun um so but you got to know your limits you also so prior to coming on you had given me a little bit of information about yourself i want to say a little bit you gave me information that was very helpful for me oh, you brought up bourbon why bourbon why do you why are you a fan of bourbon you know i so it's funny because i i used to be like a total beer snob way back before when, when craft brewing was just starting and it was really popular in the Portland area. And I moved here and I'm like, wow, craft beer, it's the best thing ever. And, uh, and after, you know, five or 10 years of being all into that, I got kind of burned out on beer and, and then I just pivoted to whiskeys and bourbons because they are, um, I feel like they're a better bang for the buck, not like for getting drunk, but 
because you, the, you know, the calories and fat are less, but yeah. there's also this huge variety of interesting flavors and styles of bourbon and whiskey in general, like scotch and, uh, you know, Irish whiskey and Canadian whiskeys. And so all that whole genre is fun and interesting because there are just so many, there's so many varieties out there that are fun to try. And that's, um, that's the thing I enjoy most about those is just trying something new. Um, and on a similar vein, actually just, uh, uh, started getting into gins for the same reason, because there's oh. a lot of like really interesting varieties and options with gin out there. And so trying new gins is kind of getting to be a little bit more of a thing now. So like urban's do, always my go-to. I can't do the gin. My, my wife likes gin, but I'm like, Ugh. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. you, like good gin? I mean, not like bottom know. shelf stuff. Oh, no, yeah. good gin. Good gin. She's kind of a gin snob, even though she probably couldn't name any brands of gin, but you know. Yeah, try, if you haven't tried aviation, you should try it because. I think, yeah. I bought that for her one. Oh, okay. Time, so she's That's had it at least once. So. Ryan Reynolds <laughs> pet project and it's, and it's really good and it's kind of mild and definitely worth trying. Good stuff. This is a kind of a random question as they all tend to be, but is there a specific like chain restaurant, like either fast food or sit down that like everybody's been to, but you've just never been to? Um, well, not that I've never, let's see that I've never been to, um, or maybe you've only gone once and you just, whatever. Like, like, okay. So <laughs> in Southern California, in and out is oh, like, okay. like a cult following. Right. And I just don't get it. I mean, they're just like, eh. It's mm -hmm. a fast food burger. It's it's not that great. So <laughs> I don't get that. Um, I don't do a lot of fast food, to be honest. So yeah. uh, that's hard to say. Um, you know, like a chain restaurant that I've never been to. Uh, El Gaucho? Have you heard of El Gaucho? It's no, like a higher end. I think, it's, I think it's more of a Northwest Wait, thing. I think I've heard of it. I just, yeah. You don't uh, see anyway, it. Anyway, <laughs> high end steakhouse. I, I've never been there. But okay. That's, that's a little out of my league. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. No, no. I don't think, uh, like, like some of the Waffle Houses out there, um, haven't really done those. Uh, don't know if I'm a, I, well, I don't say that. I, I have had chicken and waffles. Good One good chicken and waffles before. It was amazing. Um, but I'm glad I don't do that a lot. Yeah, that's some good uh, hangover food, too. Yeah, so. right. right. <laughs> Is there, what are your other interests besides just, you know, watching football, but like other things that you like to like read or watch or, or take in? Um, I had when I don't listen to a ton of fantasy football podcasts, to be honest. And uh, the podcasts that I do listen to tend to be more like news, politics, history, what's going on in the world, that kind of stuff. Um, that's fun. And uh, yeah, just kind of reading up on, on, just trying to stay on current events without getting, you know, enraged at some of the things that are happening and just trying to like be cool with it. And like, it's all going to work out. We're going to be okay. 100%. I believe this. Fine. Everything's. Um, so yeah, that's, that's probably another side hobby of mine is just like, uh, you know, current events and history and politics and all that stuff. Is there anything that you wanted to touch on before I have you just go over plugging your stuff one more time? Is there anything else that you'd like to uh, put out there? Um, you know, I would say just to kind of reinforce the point, if, if you're looking to carve out a space or dive into the fantasy football industry in any way, just, man, figure out what you're passionate about, figure out what you love doing, be true to yourself, be authentic, and work hard. Just work your butt off and the rest of it will all follow. So. I think that's, that's the recipe that is, is almost bulletproof. Bravo. I agree. I agree. That's great. Great advice. So if you don't mind, Ken, first of all, thank you so much for joining the podcast, coming on to talk with me. Oh my like, gosh, this has are been you kidding me? Thank super you. Super cool getting to learn about all like, kinds of stuff I didn't even know I needed to know about. So I don't really do any of this because I figure like, who's going to be interested in SEO and like, you know, there WordPress. There are a lot of people, <laughs> believe me, there are a lot of people that yeah. listen to this show that are like, you know, hit me up when somebody comes on that doesn't just put out content that does other mm -hmm. stuff. And they're like, yeah, wow, okay. I didn't know there was a another side of this. So <laughs> yeah. hopefully I didn't put everyone to sleep. No, I, I did, definitely did not um, put anyone to sleep. Good. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Oh, oh, I, yeah, I didn't get finished. You asked me a question. Uh, I <laughs> well, uh, do you want to go ahead and just like let everybody know one more time where they can find you and oh, yeah. where everything is? Yeah, uh, definitely. Um, you can uh, find me uh, on Twitter at DLF underscore Ken M and uh, uh, Dynasty League Football, uh, 
you know, contact us page. We got a lot of great content there. Um, lots of good things happening this year. We got, uh, this is going to be easily the biggest year yet for DLF as far as improvements and changes and cool things happening. Um, so a lot of good stuff coming down the pike this year, hang around, check us out. And, uh, yeah, if you ever have any questions that are not who to start and who to sit, then hit me up. I can probably either answer it or point you to somebody who knows a lot more than me. Thank you again. I know I said yeah, it, sure. but I'm saying it again. Thank no, you so much. Thank and you, man. It's, it's man, been, it's been fun to get to sit down yeah. and just chop it up. And so I talk fantasy yeah. football constantly. So again, thank you. And thanks to everybody that's listening to this podcast. Make sure that you come back next week for another episode of Get Real with Casey Kasem. And remember to stay rad.